What's going on? Welcome to Life's a Trip podcast. I'm Dave. And I am Chase. And uh, on this podcast, we explore all kinds of stuff, all the, the weird and winding individual paths that we all walk in life. Uh, our conversations range from mindfulness and relationships. All the way to psychedelic spirituality, and a whole bunch of weird, crazy, fun stuff. Yeah, and uh, we just we look at basically what it means to be anything at all. Or not. Or not. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and I hope that you enjoy. Love you guys. See you on the other side. Peace. birthday chase thank you thank you thank you thank you happy birthday my man we're doing it we're recording a podcast for your birthday we are man episode 13 it's my favorite number 13 for turning uh what 27 you know if (laughs) if we're counting backwards i'm 27 if we're counting correctly um i'm officially one year less than 30 but i mean what is age anyways you know it's just time yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. What is time? Unless, I mean, right? unless you're late and uh, someone's waiting for you, and then it's kind of important. Yeah, I suppose. But uh, right What's now, up, man? <laughs> tell me, dude. It's your birthday. I'm a, like, So this is not about me. This, this episode is all about you. Yeah. Uh, earlier today, you said that you, you don't particularly care to, to uh, focus on yourself, and so that's going to be my responsibility in this episode is to keep turning it back to you. It's going to be... Uh, jiu-jitsu of the mind. <laughs> I'm going to counter everything you, you ask or say and uh, keep it coming back to you. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's me trying to be humble or stupid or something. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess I don't like talking about myself too much. I, I like talking to other people. I like inspiring yeah. other people, giving other people ideas that maybe I have learned from and maybe some things about me. But as far as like just me, I don't know. Like, but here we go. Yeah. You know, it's me. Here we go. Chase. All right, so Chase Thomas Fowler. Whoop. Give me the lowdown, man. Where you, where you come from? Where you, what's what's your story? What brought you here? Oh, to this moment? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll uh kind of kick off from the beginning. It's always a good place to start. Yeah, right. Well, uh hello everyone. My name is Chase. Um, I was born in Columbus, Ohio, at Mount Carmel West. Uh, 8.43 in the morning. Um, I was 9 pounds, 9 ounces. I was a fat little chubby fuck. Um, But um, uh, lived in Grove City um, for the first 10 years of my life. Uh, And we had a normal life. Uh, I would say middle class, upper middle class-ish. My mom was an oral surgical tech and my dad owns a uh, tile and flooring granite uh, marble company uh, in Columbus. So until I was 10, uh, my parents got divorced. And then once that happened, uh, we moved to Sylvania. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sylvania, Ohio. Yeah. You have been there. Have been yeah. There. yeah, you took me home once. Yeah. yeah. Take me home. Anyways. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so you moved to Sylvania into an apartment um, with me, my brother, my sister, 
who are bro- both older than me. My brother is four years and one day older than me, so his birthday was yesterday. Mm. Um, and my sister is two years older than me. Um, and we, you know, when we moved into that apartment, it was a total life changer. You know, we went from. I guess I went from, you know, a kid that had pretty much anything and everything uh, that I thought I could want at that time. And we moved into this place and it was, you know, budget cutting and, you know, trying to figure out life and and moving on, different schools, new friends. And sixth and seventh grade, I stayed, stayed in, you know, the same school. And then um, a little bit through eighth grade, I moved to a different school up the street so that I could be in a program that they offered. This program was for the unsuccessful. Mm. Seriously. That's what it was called? No. Well, it should have been. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Program for the unsuccessful. Program for the unsuccessful. Bring your kid on down. It was all the bad kids from all the, you know, there was three middle schools within like our district or whatever. And all the bad kids ended up going to this school because they had this program. It was called OWA. Okay. Uh, I have to this day, no idea what that stands for. Us, it stood for out walking around. Out walking around. Because that was us. We were the kids that were out walking around, not caring about school, not caring about anything. So they put us in this program, and we made up a nickname that stuck way more so than uh, the actual name. Yeah. Um, but really what the program was, uh, we traveled to different classes together. We didn't go to different classes, you know, and intermix with different kids. We stayed as a group. Hmm. And midway through the day, we would get on a bus... And we all had jobs. Eighth grade year, I had a job. Okay. That's like 13, 13, 14 years old. And I went and worked at a um, one of the Catholic schools up the street in the art room. And I was just the art room helper. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I like washed, washed art supplies and like helped set up for the next class and then like helped during the class and... And then went on the bus back to school and finished the finished out the school day. That okay. Was, yeah. So that was super interesting. We got paid like three bucks per time we went or something like that. As a thirteen year old. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So we would get like a check, and like we had to get like a, a a checking account under our parents, and they taught us how to like, you know, live life, because I really honestly think that this program was put into effect. Because they knew none of us were going to go to college. And we had to figure out how life works. Some life skill stuff. Yeah, life skill stuff right out of high school. You know, depending on if we even made it out of high school type thing. Okay. Um, so that was super interesting. My sister was actually in that same program too. So that's how they were like, oh yeah, these these guys. Oh. Send them both there. Do you feel like it was a, a positive? Like, what do you, how do you view that experience? I don't know. Uh, it was kind of cool, honestly. You're talking about with a smile on your face. Yeah, no, it was it was cool. I do. I I think everything that's happened in my life is, is happened for a positive reason. Yeah. You know, and there, there's been some negative stuff, but you know, and uh, that that's that's the way I am, dude. I mean, you know me. Anyone who's listening that knows me, I, I try and stay at my best. Keep a smile. Always have positive yeah. outlook on everything. Definitely a, um, a silver linings guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, platinum lining. You know. Yeah. Um, Dude, I get that diamond line. Oh, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, and um, I would say about halfway through the year, so that was like two schools in eighth grade, and then halfway through that year, 
um, I got in a fight with this kid. Um, oh, I won for sure. <laughs> it was on the bus, right? Okay. He was like dating my friend Jenny. Okay. Um, Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> was he like seats taken? Yeah. Well, it was. You know, he uh, like broke up with her, cheated on her. I, I don't know. It was really stupid. I don't know. Remember his name? Yeah, his name was Stephen Dubaka. Yeah, Steven he's like Dubaka. military Navy SEAL, super massive man now who would oh, totally okay. fucking kill me. Um, but we're cool now. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I doubt he's listening, or maybe someone that knows him. So what's up, bro? You're cool. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, you know, I like called him out as he walked on the bus and, you know, we just fought it out, like took him down to the floor and just fucking hit him in the face and stuff and whatever ended up in the principal's office, yada, yada, yada. Um, and turns out I, uh, at that time really felt that I wanted to move and thought that living with my dad back down in Columbus would be a good idea. Uh, I don't know why. I thought maybe because he has money, he has a big house, you know, he has things going on. I will be able to get away from what I'm here and, you know, what I was doing in, in Toledo. So I decided uh, I'm out. You know, I, I asked my dad and I remember like emailing him. Hmm. Like pretty cool stuff. I mean, those were like AIM days. Remember AIM? <laughs> oh, yeah. What was your AIM name? Uh, DCAVNAR52. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, I had two. I think my first one was... Uh, Bigfoot something though. <laughs> See, but there I, we go. Now like, we're talking. I was a, you know, I had size 13 feet at like 12. <laughs> I had huge, you know, was big, skinny. This isn't about me, Chase. It's, <laughs> what was yours? What was your instant messenger um, name? I had two. Okay. For my... those young people listening that don't know what AIM is, it's AOL Instant Messenger. And it was basically the first form of text messaging that our generation was introduced to and it was through your computer it's freaking awesome and i remember fighting my sister and my brother just to get on right yeah. and i was the youngest so i barely got on right but how am i gonna talk to my girls you know right you gotta, my, you gotta get AIM, on. like my away message right important right oh. the little door opening and closing yes to like announce that someone had come or left yes yeah. like, who is that yeah who's online oh they left what they checked down and then left oh that's their away message oh my god <laughs> <laughs> But uh, one of my names, uh, K2Blades131. K2Blades131. Now, if you don't know what K2Blades are, oh. I was an inline skater. I was Ooh. really cool. Of course right? you were. Um, and so I like inline skated, and my skates were K2. That's yeah. the brand name, right? And those were the cool skates, right? Um, so yeah, K2Blades131. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, my next one, you ready? Yeah. Pimpin' Chase 29. <laughs> You're 14? How old were you? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Probably about that age. Yeah, 13, Pimpin', 14. Pimpin' Chase. 29. 29. I had so many girlfriends in 8th grade, 7th grade. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I actually have a really good story that just popped up in my head. Hit it. Let's All go. right, so 6th grade year. Yeah. Okay, 6th grade year. Kid you not. Okay, police involved in everything. That's cool. You ready? Yeah. So me and my friends, um, we really liked Kool-Aid, right? And uh, we decided that uh, Kool-Aid in a bag was great, right? Mm -hmm. You just take the sugar, the Kool-Aid sugar, right? And you just like put it on your tongue and you just suck on it and it's like, tastes really good, bro, you know? Yeah. And uh, we were carrying around these, you know, Ziploc bags of white sugar. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and dumping them in each other's mouths. Oh Sixth grade. God. I mean, 11, 12, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, we, had, we didn't know what was going on, right? So right. I remember I had um, a hoodie on, and I was in, like, English class or something. I, my, my teacher was bald. That's all I remember about him. And all of a sudden, you know, a police officer and the vice principal shows up at the door. And they're like, Chase, you need to come with us. I was like, all right, okay. what's up? Like, here I go again. Flashing the peace signs to your boy. Yeah, like, right. Like, fuck, fuck, I'm cool, fuck man. With so I get into the office and they like sit me down and the police officer is like right next to me. And, you know, they're like, what's in your pocket? And I immediately just started laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, no, are you serious? Like, dude, it's Kool-Aid. I swear, I pull it out, I throw it down on the table. I was like, it's Kool-Aid. I said, it's, taste it. Put your finger in there and taste it. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, it was Kool-Aid. It was Kool-Aid. It was Kool-Aid. I did not bring a kilo of cocaine uh, to school. Mounds so. of flavored cocaine. Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually don't know how they tested it. I don't know if they, like, actually... They probably smelled it. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, it was probably blueberry or something. Right. That was yeah. my favorite. <laughs> um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so that that was fun. Fun, random memory. But anyways, jump forward again, back to my fight on the bus. Um, hit this dude, Steven. fought him. Steven Dubaka. And now a Navy SEAL. Yeah, something. I don't know if he's a SEAL. I, mean, I know he's in, he's in the military of some yeah. sort. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I decided I'm going to move with my dad. Um, so... Again, I left um, to a different school eighth grade year. So eighth grade, I went to three schools um, and ended up in back in Grove City, where I originally grew up and went to Jackson Middle School. Jackson Middle School was cool, finished out the rest of the year there, and ended up going to high school in Grove City. Uh, so I went to Grove City High School. And throughout that year, you know, me and my stepmom just at it all the time there was one point in time great story where i decided to run away right my dad lived on this house on a hill right and like like which there's not a lot of hills in ohio so i mean it's no it was definitely like a made hill like in a development (laughs) you know so he built this house on this hill and you know like it went down in the back to where it's like three stories in the back and two stories in the front yeah and my room was on the side of the house. So the only way to get out of my room would be to go out the two and a half story window, right? Yeah. And at this point, me and my stepmom had been at it. And she decided, this is, this is how big of a <clears throat> my stepmom is. Mm. Um, she took my door off. Shit. Right? Like, go to your room. Awesome, right? Go close my door, be in my own space. I don't yeah. have to, you know. No, that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. So I had to go in my room and sit in there with no door. But I had a huge dresser, right? So what did I do? <laughs> Fucking put the dresser in front of the door. Yeah. Right? That was cool. Remember. And so I decided um, I have a whole bunch of jeans. And I have this bed frame. So if I tie all my jeans together and tie them to the bed frame and throw them out the window. Rapunzel it. I can get out and I can run away, right? So tied them all. I mean, I'm talking like 12 pairs of jeans, man. And I fucking throw these things out the window and uh, I climb on down, right? About halfway down, (laughs) the jean tied, one of them breaks. I fall the rest of the way. I'm fine, 
right? Yeah. Like, whew, cool. There's only like two pairs of jeans hanging out the window randomly now, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I walk to a family friend's house that is probably, God, five miles away maybe. Like, I was gone. Like, this is where I'm going, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, you know, we ended up, you know, they found out where I was. They called over there and, you know, I decided I was going to go back, you know. So I like, on my own time, of course. So I went back. Uh, but when I got back, only my stepmom was there. And she was furious. And um, she locked all the doors. But I knew that my garage door, like, I could lift it up. Like, you're not supposed to, but for some reason it was like it had been broken. So I just lifted up the garage door. And then she realizes that I'm trying to get into the garage door, so she locks the actual door in the garage that goes into the house. Okay. And she uh, called the cops. <laughs> on, called the cops on me yeah. that someone is breaking into her house. Okay? Alright. So I'm hanging out in the garage, alright? Just dicking around. And all of a sudden the cops come pull up and they're like out of the garage get out of the garage and i come out of the garage 14 yeah 14 14, 15 15. yeah yeah probably 15 at the time yeah um and you know so i come out of the garage and i'm like yo um i live here this is this is my house like and my stepmom wasn't my stepmom at the time yet like they hadn't been there they weren't married yet they're just dating yeah and like they were pretty much married you know yeah um but you know, the cops end up, you know, talking it out with, with my stepmom and she, the cops end up telling her, this is more his house than it is yours. Mm-hmm. And if he decides he wants to be here and you don't want to be, then you have to leave. Mm. So that was amazing. Yeah. Kind of won yeah. that battle. Okay. Um, but there's a dog barking. There's a dog. Jack the dog. Um... But yeah, yeah, whole story about me. Okay. Um, so, young Chase, you're 15. I was you've a already had a, You've had a couple of scrapes with the police and some, oh, some yeah. scuffles. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I always had a, um, like a problem with authority, and, and I don't know if it was because, um, I don't know, I felt so highly in myself or because of, you know, my parents getting divorced when I was at that age or or really what it was or, or how it came about but like I always was like why listen to somebody that I don't know telling me to do something when they haven't really built any respect for me I think that's really kind of where I was with everything but um you know once again I decided you know hey as the school year comes to an end you know and I was a, I was an athlete too you know I, I wrestled um in high school and um at least my freshman year, and I decided I want to move back, move back to my mom, right, so like, back at it again, you know, um, and I moved back to my mom, and my mom was still in Toledo at the time, so the summertime, we moved back to Toledo. After that, um, when the school year was about to start, we decided that um, me and my mom should make a trip down to Columbus and she should get her old job back as an oral surgical tech down in Columbus. And she didn't really have much going for her up in Toledo at that point. My grandmother, her mother, had passed away of cancer and my sister had kind of moved on with her 
you know, boyfriend at the time and was like 17 years old out of the house, kind of batshit crazy rebel stage. Um, so me and my mom moved to Hilliard, Ohio, which is another suburb of Columbus. And I once again went to another school. Hilliard was cool. I met a lot of friends there. Fell in love there. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, almost got jumped by like 15 people by the end of the, the year. At the same time? Oh. Yeah, not while in love. No. No. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but like I said, it was a fantastic experience. I, I loved loved that school. Um, had a good time. But... Um, by the end of that year, because I had the mishaps and stuff, um, we decided let's uh, let's move to the next city over, right? Next city over was Dublin, Ohio. Uh, Dublin, Ohio, probably my favorite city in Ohio. Um, very, very, very nice upscale um, city, and really nice high school, Dublin Kaufman. And I decided, you know, let's let's go ahead and, and run that. You know, let's let's go over there. And my mom was like, cool, we found like a condo out there and we, we moved out to Dublin. And uh, this is where the story kind of, you know, I, I lived a pretty decent life up to that point. Like, yeah, I moved around a lot and had to do this, that, and another. But um, as we moved to Dublin, um, my mom switched jobs. And at that time, I had no idea why. Um, but... And then after she switched jobs, she found out she had breast cancer. And it was just me and my mom, right? So me and my mom kind of had a really, really close relationship up to that point, you know? And once she found out she had breast cancer, it was, you know, just me and her. And she was always in and out of different therapies. And I remember her first doctor told her that she didn't have a chance that she had no chance to survive, that it was, that that was it, right? So she went to get a second, second opinion, and, you know, they said that it is operable through a double mastectomy, so she got both, both breasts taken out. Um, these dogs are loving the story. I don't know what's going on right now. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a dog fight out there. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, well, we are back. Um, as the, as the story thickens and we get into the deep stuff, we uh, took a dog break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jack, Jack didn't want to hear about that cancer stuff. So we had, yeah. to, I had to go talk him down for a little bit and yeah, he yeah. understands now. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're all good. We're good. We're good. And, and we're back and we're back at <laughs> we're it. We're back. Okay. Yeah. So uh, where, where you left off where I, I could no longer ignore my dog barking in the background. Uh, you were saying that your mom had a, had a double mastectomy. Yes, yeah, so bro- both breasts were cut off, and, you know, she had to go through chemo, and at one point she had to go for, like, a treatment thing in Florida, um, and I was living by myself, like, illegally. I was dating this girl, um, and I was able to, like, go to her house and kind of stay with her for a while, um, but the part that is really cool about what happened next is, while at school, um, I've always been very athletic, and... In the cafeteria, I ran up a wall and did a backflip, right? And that was just like one of my cool little party tricks I did when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And, uh, you know, some girl, her name is Chelsea Garcia. She saw me do this thing, you know, and she came over to me and she's like, oh my gosh, you have to come to my cheerleading gym. And I was like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
the thing was, I was new at that school. My mom was going through the most traumatic thing she's ever gone through. I felt alone other than, you know, the girlfriend that I had. And I kind of needed an outlet. And so I was like, all right, I'll come up there. I mean, I was new at the school. The One of the hottest cheerleaders at the school, who's friends with all the other hot cheerleaders at the school, um, invited me to come with them to the gym. All right, so I went to this cheerleading gym. It's called Ohio Cheer Force. No longer... No longer there anymore. Rest in peace. Uh, but I went there and, you know, long trampoline into like this foam pit and like, spring floors. And I was immediately like really good. There was three other boys that were there and I was immediately better than both of them just because of my athletic ability. And I learned some things and ended up just being good. Right. And the the part that's cool about it is I lived pretty much by myself with my mom going in and out and these families they uh took turns cooking me dinner the cheer moms took turns cooking me dinner and they knew they knew your situation they knew my situation they knew what was going on and you know they brought me dinner every other day and cooked enough for like two days where i would have food and take it to school whatever um and it really gave me that sense of family again that I felt maybe back when I was, you know, from one to 10 years old, that we were all together and unified Mm -hmm. to the breaking apart of everything from my brother leaving the house, my sister leaving the house, me and my mom moving around a lot and then landing in the spot where I was at. Um, And my mom going through something so traumatic that when I found them and, and they found me, you know, it was like... I, I felt kind of back back in some sort of family environment. Uh, we had competitions out of town. They'd pick me up. I'd go with them. They'd pay for all my food. We'd stop at, you know, little gift shops, and we'd stay at hotels, and I'd stay in their rooms, and they'd pay for my food, and, and they were just my homies, right? And so I I got into that, and it was like a whole new world, right? And so throughout that year, I ended up joining one of their competitive teams, and it was like a level three team. And if you don't know what that means, it's just tucks, back tucks and front tucks, right? Nothing super crazy. Um, but then I, uh, you know, my mom going through all the stuff, she kind of felt the need to go back again to Toledo, mm. where her dad lives, where her brother lives, where kind of her side of the family lives, which is totally respectable. And at that time in, in my in my uh, cheer life, I guess you'll call it, um, I had kind of switched gyms to this other gym called Matrix, uh, and I met this girl. Um, I met Kaylee, Kaylee McGuire. She and I ended up dating for almost five years. We were, you know, she was a year younger than me. Um, so when we met, she was, I think, I guess, a sophomore, and I was a junior, and we just kept kept talking kept going and then I moved to Toledo and at that time I had my license and I decided you know I'm gonna be driving back and forth to see her and and, you know still try and cheer and still do this and I joined a gym up up towards the Toledo area but um I knew my heart was kind of down in Columbus and at this gym and with this girl so uh we kind of you know figured it out all right I went to school there kind of You know, senior year was like total almost blow off year. And I um, went back and forth 
to her house. I mean, I would, I remember, um, you actually know, this is when me and Mark were like really, really good friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, and me and Mark would take my mom's car when my car wasn't, cause my car was jacked up at that time. It was sitting yeah. in Mark's grandma's garage with a bad <laughs> fuel pump and just, just trashed out. So I asked my mom to use her car for the night. I'm going over to Mark's house and we'd drive to Columbus, <laughs> three hour drive to Columbus. Oh man. Yeah, and we'd drive all the way to Columbus, and we'd go hang out with Kaylee and her friends and stay at her house. And yeah. um, When I was 17, I was a month and a half-ish away from turning 18. I decided to kind of stop the whole school thing. And um, I remember being at Kaylee's house. My car was fine again, but I, I remember being at Kaylee's house, dog sick, just super super sick around december january holidays time and her parents took care of me and that's when she kind of asked her parents hey can chase move in okay yeah i know it sounds crazy yeah. but apparently uh her sister's ex-boyfriend or her sister's boyfriend at the time did the same thing like lived right. there and they took care of them and her parents are absolutely phenomenal um don't want to get too deep into all that crap but Ended up moving back to Columbus yet again. Um, so at that point, I had done seven schools in five years. Uh, is that right? Yeah, seven schools in five years. And just moved around everywhere. Um, and, and really felt like I, I needed to go down to Columbus. And then I lived there, and, and we cheered on a team together. And it was a super, super cool, close team. And, and it was that kind of that family, that family thing that pulled me in. And we took like fifth place in the world that year. And it was the first team from Ohio to ever place that high. And from what I understand, we're like the still, still the highest Ohio placing team at a world's competition. Sure. Um, and so that, that was cool and we loved it. But when that was done, I aged out of that, you know, age limit and she had one more year. So she cheered that last year and I worked at Papa John's dope job. <laughs> super super dope job um you know smoked a bunch of weed you know you know delivering pizzas i ended up taking a management position and just like we were all it was just a fun fun thing right but i knew that there was more to being really good at this sport and ohio is just not the place for it dallas texas was the place for it one of the best gyms in the world was in Dallas so me and my ex decided if we're gonna do this let's do it found roommates on Craigslist and drove 20 hours and went there first stayed there for a couple weeks before she came down um, and we did it I mean we lived the life there we cheered on separate teams but they were both like international good teams and then uh, about halfway through that year, we ended up breaking up. Um, it was I guess it wasn't too bad of a breakup, but we ended up you know moving away from each other, and and we had been in Dallas at that point for about a year, and I I felt once again the need to go. Come on, there's the dog. None of that. <laughs> can't come and go like that, buddy. Just, just chill. Come here. Just chill, man. You want to listen to me talk, man? Listen come to on. me? 
Well, come on, come on, listen to me. <laughs> um, you felt the need. I felt the need, and I feel like I've said that so many times, but that's kind of the story of my life, you know. I felt drawn, drawn forward. Yeah, drawn somewhere else, and and at that time, I thought, you know, I'm gonna leave Texas and go back to Columbus and and go to the gym that I did cheer at and be able to help change them, you know, help revive them to like the way of doing things well that didn't necessarily work they didn't really <laughs> they still saw me as the young athlete and didn't take me serious as a new coach yeah. you know so after that didn't really work out i decided what yeah. to move again Ooh. so yeah imagine that right <laughs> um so i moved headed out and went to houston the woodlands uh, which is just north of Houston, a really nice town. They had a really good gym out there and went and coached out there. Um, and then after about a year there, felt the need. <laughs> and um, I moved to Austin. Um, and the gym that I cheered at in Dallas opened a location in Austin. So it was, you know, I got we, me and me and my friend Josh at the time, sent in our resumes and he knew somebody there and I knew a couple people there cause we had cheered there. Um, and we ended up getting the job, right? So we're like, heck yeah, moving to Austin. Whoop, whoop. So moved to Austin and Austin is, and still is one of my favorite places in the entire world. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then worked at that gym, worked my way up at that gym. I was one of the, the, it was an all-star prep director or whatever, and I exploded my career. I became super popular coach and had like, you know, 40 private lessons a week and was, you know, making anywhere from, you know, one to two, $2,500 a week. And was just, just raking it in. And that all, that all came to kind of an end, um, kind of shortly, um, we had some disagreements within the gym and it was just kind of better for me to to leave instead of trying to like make it work out because I knew I was more than than what I was being able to do there. I knew I wanted to own my own gym, I wanted to do something on my own, you know, Mister Fucking Ego at that point. <laughs> so I did what? You moved. I felt the need. Felt I felt the, the need. need. Um, but when you work for that big of a gym. They have a non-compete contract. Okay. They're very serious about their non-compete contract. So I couldn't work anywhere within 100 miles of any location that they owned. So what did I say? I'm moving to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I moved to Hawaii. Um, and you know, when I was in Hawaii, I think I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot about myself. Uh, you kind of have to really make it there. Mm. You know, rent's 900 a month for a room. Right. You know, uh, luckily I had an amazing house uh, and met a bunch of amazing people out there. Um, and I also worked at a pizza place out there. Okay. Right, like two blocks from the beach. And it was like this super cool, like, vibe living there. Did some shrooms, did some other drugs, and kind of like totally vibed out and went to some shows. And Was that really your first time doing mushrooms? Okay. No, 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 no. If we if we had my whole life story, first time I did shrooms, I was seventeen. Okay. Yeah. So, and my ex didn't even know what I was doing that night. Um, but to, I don't want to take too long on this here story about shrooms. But when I was seventeen, I did shrooms, and 
hell of a night, right? Okay. And we went down that down that downward spiral you do, like when you take yeah. trips and you feel like not like a downward spiral of like a bad trip, but where you think the trip is over. Oh. And you're like, "Oh, I'm fine." Yeah. Well, I said, "Hey, I'm fine, so I'm going to leave now." <laughs> bad idea. And they're like, "You you sure, man? Like you good?" Like, it's, it's only been it's 3 hours. Yeah, well, it was like <laughs> seven eight nine hours in like oh, you know okay. i was like oh i'm definitely fine now right like yeah. cool i sit i get in my car a little honda civic and turn it on just and all of a sudden i'm in a fucking spaceship bro <laughs> total spaceship super fucking cool experience but never ever ever do this anyone yeah and i drove home or actually i didn't drive home you flew i you flew to time. walmart <laughs> And I got to Walmart and I have this cart and I'm walking bug eyed and I'm walking super like slow. One in the like, morning? It's like three thirty, four in the morning. <laughs> like epic time. Yeah. Right. And I am Prime. Just, you were you were one of the Walmart people. I was officially one of the Walmart people. Dude, completely fucked, bro. Like, yeah. So and it was absolutely hilarious. It was super fun. And I remember picking up a whole bunch of shit in my cart. And not getting any of it. Just walking around. And then at the end, I was like, oh my God, I need to get something. I need to get something for like my ex, right? I was like, I feel bad. Right? Like I left and I haven't been home and I got I to gotta get her something. So I think I bought her like the little bracelet that like counts steps or something. Right. And like, I don't know, flowers and candy or something. Okay. Just trying to like, you know, be a nice guy. So that that was that whole first time on, on any psychedelics. That was that was that was fun. That was definitely fun. Where was I? I lived in Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh yeah, I lived in Hawaii. Meeting cool people. Meeting cool people. Did the whole thing. Coached at a gym out there. But once again, my my heart was was kind of set. Um, you know, back in Austin, where I knew I wanted to open a gym, and I had a lot of contacts. And um, at that point, I was really into the law of attraction. Mm. I was really big into. Um, bringing things into my life and, and really visualizing them. And I knew that I was going to open a gym. I had been telling people forever I was going to open a gym. And one of my buddies called me and said, hey, I just did a photo shoot with this lady. And she, you know, she wants to pass on her gym to somebody in, in a year or two, this, that, or another. So I ended up taking the job there. Uh, moved back to Austin and kind of, you know, built up, built up my clientele again. And it turned into me being able to open up my own gym with my, with my good friend, and investor now that ended up going a freaking amazing like i i literally did everything i wanted to within the gym i was able to brand it the way that i wanted to i was able to open the classes that i wanted to i was able to travel where i wanted to i was able to do a whole bunch of stuff that i wanted to do um but as amazing as it was once i had it all we had two locations 400 plus athletes and had a house and a couple cars and just remember the day I think I may have spoken about this on a previous podcast but that I just sat down in the shower and screamed and cried and it was just the worst day of my like it felt like the worst day of my life yeah that's weird it's like most people have hit a bottom but you like you hit like a top I hit I hit the top and was at the bottom hmm and that was extremely powerful because I didn't, now, now I look back at it and, and I see it as I, I set my goals somewhere and I had achieved them, but I had no further goals, Yeah. you know, and they were sporadic and the goals looking into the future were sporadic because, you know, the business partner that I had 
not my friend, but the investor, super sketchy with like the finances. And we went through a whole thing with that and ended up leaving the company and, and technically like taking a buyout, you know? And, and so I guess I sold my portion, uh, my percentage of the company and decided, what am I going to do? Uh, follow <laughs> your heart? Follow my heart, I guess? Yeah, so I, I you know, I went to freaking Europe. I had okay. some friends out there, and I was like, you know, I want to just take this money, I'm going to sell everything I have, and, you know, and, and had, like, a pretty good portion of money, more so than most people do at, like, 26, 27. Yeah. Um, and just freaking blew it, pretty much, you know, but it was fun. I went over to... Kind of Kool-Aid, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, bunch <laughs> of Kool-Aid, bro. Bunch of Kool-Aid. Um, but, you know, the, the thing was, I, I just went out there to to experience, to have fun, you know, I went to a bunch of different countries, went, um, and specific time, um, actually, I have a tattoo on my arm, um, and it says, everything is possible for one who believes, it, it's, it's a Bible verse, and I was super into still knowing that I can get, and have whatever I really want by believing, and you can call it God, the universe, source, whatever you want to call it, but that was, I, at that time, I knew, I just I, I wanted to put that on my body to remind myself at all times that I can I could do whatever I needed, right? And I was just traveling, doing whatever I wanted and I was in Norway and I was at a gym there and we were about to start a camp that was like ten hours long. Right? It was like nine AM and I was in Oslo, Norway and I get a call that my mom was in the hospital. That she was found in her apartment, face first on the ground, rushed to the hospital. That was all I heard. And I had to go and, and coach. Right, and it was absolutely devastating. It was epic, and I, I didn't really know what was going on to find out. My mom's liver failed, and she had to go into a surgery, and she had to get a stent to put in her liver. And my brother had to sign off on this paper. That was like two and three chance of her like surviving. Super, super crazy. So you know, life kind of got put on hold, and I kind of realized that like everything is possible for one who believes, but what what am I doing for like what am I trying to believe in am I trying to believe in myself or am I trying to you know be with the people that have loved me my entire life while also you know believing in myself there's there's a fine line that ego plays mm -hmm. and I think that that when that all happened out there and, and I came back to the states and, and stayed stayed back in Toledo at Mark's house, which ended up being, kid you not, three, like on the same street, like one street over from where Mark lives is where my mom's like rehabilitation place was. Wow. Um, so I was able to walk to her whenever I wanted, you know, and, and I didn't have much when I moved back, you know, maybe a few grand and like was able to kind of, you know, get things back together, but kind of just decided I'm switching, switching up the game. Like I don't, I don't want to do what I did before because all of it always led to the same thing. I was doing the same thing from, from coaching to all the people I was with to all the things that I had done. It just completely made me this person that, that was very egotistical and very like self-serving. And I wanted to kind of switch, switch things around and try a new like career path, a new thing. And, you know, got really big again into music and, and, uh, um, spirituality and, and just kind of got into meditation um, and 
that was December of 2018? 19? 19? I don't know. It um, wasn't 19 because that was last year. Right, so 18. 2018. December of 2018 came back. And then uh, by March, what did I do? Decided I got to go and do something, right? I felt stuck again, right? Like my mom was kind of doing better. Like I got to do something. So I went to this meditation retreat place in Florida. Uh, stayed there for about a month and a half. And that's a whole nother episode on what I like encountered there, what yeah. I believed in there, who I thought I was there. And within that who month, and a, dude, exactly. Who that's the, <laughs> that's the story. Um, but after the month and a half, I was like, okay, I'm going back, I'm going back home. Um, and, and stayed back home for about a year, almost a year, you know, and, and within that time, I really realized that, um, in Toledo, I had so many friends, I had family, I had people that cared for me. Um, I found a new job slash career that I didn't even expect. It kind of just came about Mm -hmm. and that was freaking amazing. And, you know, even though I realized that Toledo, I can now call my hometown Mm because before I felt lost, didn't feel like I had a hometown, but, uh, now I, I, I realized that my friends there the people I have there, the support that I have there, that's, that is home. Mm. You know, Columbus isn't home. Hilliard, Dublin, Hawaii, Austin, Houston, Dallas, all these places, Florida, like, those aren't home. Home is, home is where the heart is and the people, heart to me is, is when you have people, right? The human connection and, and, and I'm hoping Asheville is, it already feels a little bit like home, but as far as hometown, like I know now Toledo is. And, yeah, where you're from. Um, but... Lo and behold, <laughs> hopefully the final move, I, I felt very, very pulled, yeah. more so than ever. Things lined up for me to come here to Asheville, North Carolina, and I, I got here two weeks and <sighs> one yeah. day ago, <laughs> two weeks and one day ago. Yeah. And I, I, not to, this life's not about money by any means, but I've been here two weeks and made thousands of dollars already. And just in, in my career life, that has been fantastic. Human connection, absolutely phenomenal. Just the way things have came together. I know we're gonna wrap up here in a second, but in a couple episodes ago, I talked about how I don't have an apartment yet but it's going to come yep. and I'll tell you in a couple episodes how that works. Yep. And just to show you that everything is possible for one who believes is so powerfully true that I, I stopped thinking about how am I going to get an apartment and just knew I was already in one, knew that I was already having one. And, and I uh, was doing a deal, writing up, writing up a deal for a, a new, you know, RV and this lady, you know, she, kid you not, got the chills, read my tattoo, mm. which once again says everything is possible for one who believes. Read it, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's a Bible verse, and blah 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 blah, and she's like, oh yeah, you know, me me and me and my husband, we're we're Christians. I absolutely. I absolutely love that. That's awesome. Blah blah blah. And within minutes, she asked me where I was living. What What am I doing? And I told her 
my current situation and living with you guys. And she's like, my dad, 85 years old, he, he has three apartments attached, you know, to a separate, a separate building, um, by his house. And, you know, we have a room coming up in March. Do you want it? <laughs> no lease, no security deposit, fully furnished, 550 bucks a month. Which is super cheap for Asheville. Especially in, in the location that it's in. And it's in West Asheville. Yeah. And I I just felt this overwhelming like chill go throughout my body. Like and for anyone that follows this podcast, you know that what I just said is true because I really had no idea where I was gonna live. Yeah. You know, like and it just fell on my lap the way that it did. And that's not that's just an example of, of how things have have kind of always worked out. And I think that once you have that that belief system that they're gonna continue to work out. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna keep pushing that way and life's just gonna keep providing you with what you want. Maybe not in the exact fashion, but in the way that you need it to be and really the way that you want it to be in the end. So that's that is how Chase has chased his dreams and made his way to where I am sitting in this dope-ass chair made right from, now. Made from hemp. Made from hemp. <laughs> it, I, I hope that was, you know, decent of a story. That's kind yeah. of kind of my life in a nutshell. I never lived anywhere more than two years since I was 10. Yeah, uh, man, that's, that's incredible. I appreciate you sharing it. Yeah. I left clue that I was speechless. I was captivated. Yeah, that was... So. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, man. You're you're freaking welcome, man. <laughs> we're actually about to go to a freaking show right now. Yeah, we're gonna go celebrate gonna, your birthday. Yeah, we're gonna go see some go see some music. Probably gonna chug a beer before I go. There you go. Freaking party the night away. Okay. Let's let's I'll, rock. I'll, I'll drive you, man. I gotta I gotta work early, but I'll. I'll Are you ready to rock? Let's let's go rock. Let's go rock. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, brother. Thank you. High five it out, buddy. I'm glad you're in my life. Hell yeah, man. You're you're an amazing person. I'm excited to be here. And that wasn't it. That wasn't that hard to talk about me. That wasn't. That, yeah, you, I think you did pretty well. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Well, hope I was interesting enough for all you people. Yeah. Uh, and if not, you should have turned this off yeah. way long ago. If that wasn't interesting. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, because like, it really doesn't. You know, there, that's thirty minutes of your life you'll never get back. Oh, so. it's actually a lot longer than thirty minutes. <laughs> we had that first one, and then we had the break, oh, the dog, and the dog, and now we're back, and. Right. Anyways, I freaking love every single one of you. Whether you've listened to one episode, zero episodes, which would be impossible if you're listening to this one, then you've listened to at least one. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but remember, always love everybody. And everything is possible for one who believes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye.